Hey there, New Life Church. My name is Tyler Tarver and I'm the Dean of NLC College. We are so excited you are here with us today for our service. New Life Church has 18 campuses across the state of Arkansas. And no matter where you're tuning in from, we are so pumped that you're here. You could be watching this on Facebook, on YouTube, or the website. You could be watching it live as it happens, you're in the comments, or you could be watching this years down the road. And the only question I have is if you're watching from the future, do we have flying cars yet? Let me know in the comments. So after I get done talking today, Pastor Rick Bezet's gonna talk to you for a minute, and then we're gonna kick to worship, and then Pastor Rick's coming back with a word, and it is a good word. And then we're gonna have some more worship, and then we're gonna end the service. We are so excited you're joining us through this. If you don't know what to do during the worship section, you are more than welcome to sing, you can stand up, you can close your eyes, you can pray for the people in your community, you can pray with the people in the room, you can do whatever it is that you feel comfortable doing during this time. Now, you're thinking, what kind of songs are you guys gonna play? Well, I'll give you a little taste test, all right? Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got the real jam going down. Welcome, that's Space Jam, Never mind. We're not gonna play that song, that is the promise. That's the Tyler Tarver guarantee. Um, also, I'm not gonna be singing, so I'm also very thankful for that. Um, one of the other things that we love to do at New Life Church is we love to give you guys the opportunity to honor God with your tithes and offerings, with your giving. And if you wanna give today, we have some information over here. It's gonna pop up and I'm not smart enough to memorize all of it, but if you wanna give, just follow the directions on the screen. And if you don't have the ability to give during this, that's okay. We have a lot of faithful givers at New Life Church. And so you just, you just relax and enjoy the service and we pray that you get something out of it. Um, if you want us to pray for you about anything, we want to know and we wanna pray for you, all you have to do is text NEXT, N-E-X-T, to 88,000, and we will pray with you. One of our pastors sees that, and they will pray with you about anything. We'll contact you. If you need to know your next steps in New Life Church, we'll do that as well. Guys, we're about to start the service. I'm gonna get done talking. Pastor Rick Bezet's about to start talking, and we're gonna go and worship God today. See you guys later. Hello, Arkansas. I'm Rick Bezet. I don't look like Rick Bezet because my hair is jacked up because I cut my hair this week. My wife has gotten weird. She's spying on me. She recorded this and posted it. Here's the proof. I'm a barber. I'm scared. Very scared. So I know a lot of you would prefer to be in the church building, but your attitudes have been amazing. And I'm proud of you for that. My attitude has been really bad, but your attitude is good. The reason why I don't like my attitude is because I'm supposed to be more positive. I'm not able to speak to people in the building. I'm in the building right now. This building, if you listen while I'm preaching to you, it literally moves and cracks. It's a scary thing. Somebody said, it's like the, the Bible says, if you don't praise God, the rocks are gonna cry out. We're not worshiping here, so this building, you're gonna hear it in a minute. But I also have some other sound effects the team has put together for me, so I don't feel so lonely speaking in an empty room like this. It's not completely empty. I do have a staff here of a few. Hello, staff, how you doing? See, they're here, they're working a light or a sound or a video. Uh, maybe pro presenter, but they gave me some sound effects to help me feel like it's a Sunday morning, so I'm not so insecure. For example, Harry Bates at West Little Rock. All right, all right. What's up, Harry? How's Sherilyn? 
<laughs> you doing, buddy? We got Amir and Conway. Amen. That's all he ever says. He could he could do better, but he usually sticks with that. Uh, then we have Chris Bring O. Bring it, Rick. Oh, let's do it again. Chris O. Bring it, Rick. Bring it, yeah. And then we have a laugh track, because a lot of you like to laugh, and you're laughing now. I'm not hearing you. So we have this. It's a really long track. <laughs> The joke's way over, and they're still laughing. And then we got Chris O telling me to... Preach it, bro. And that's what I'm going to do right now. In this session, I'm going to preach it, bro. I'm going to give it my best shot. I have something on my heart that I think can help all of us. But we're also going to worship the Lord. I don't know about you, but I've been extremely proud of our worship team. But I want to ask for you to join in. Maybe the only way you know how to join in is to sing. Look at those lyrics. Some people might have something that the Lord lays on your heart. You can chat with us, maybe give us a prayer request or, or something else. Maybe that's not the mode that you like during worship. And uh, but just let people do that uh, because they're communicating and they're in the word. We're at church, man. Let's just participate the best that we can. But I want to challenge all of you to connect with your God before I teach you his word. Let's worship. Chance. 
got to love that song. You got to love our worship. I want to talk to you just for a second about lessons that we should learn, lessons that we can learn if we pay attention during this season. Not only lessons that we can learn during this season, but that we can keep with us once this season, once it passes. In the book of Philippians, chapter 4 and verse 9, it says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I want to talk to you just for a second about what should we put into practice? To put it into practice and then the God of peace will be with us. Put it into practice because if we don't, we can forget. It's definitely applicable right now because my wife this last week, it was her mom's birthday. And many years ago, her mom went to heaven. And still, sometimes it's a little strange to talk about because we miss her. But she did some incredible things. She was a woman of God. And in fact, she would have these tea parties where she would bring women over and, and talk to them and do different things around that. And Michelle learned a valuable lesson about keeping things in practice. And so I thought I would invite her here to hear from her. This is going to help all of us. Michelle, come on over. This is my wife. What do I do? Whoop. What? <laughs> I, love, I love my wife. She's a good woman. Yes, she is. So am I right about this? Did you learn some things recently? about this tea party. I've never been to one of those things, so I have no idea what you guys do, like showers. What is that? But I know that there's always things that we can learn. Tell everybody what, found, what you found out. Yeah, so like you said, my mom's birthday was this last week. And uh, so somebody gave me the idea when my mom first passed away that on her birthday every year to do something that was important to her, something that she loved. And so tea parties were her thing. I grew up around tea parties. Like Rick said, it would be for birthday parties, for baby showers, there was just always a tea party. And the first year my mom passed away, we had a tea party for her. And then as time would have it, and um, we just didn't do it. Time went on and years went by and birthdays, my mom's birthdays went by and we didn't do the tea parties. And so this year, my daughter-in-law said to me, you know, why don't we do that? Why don't we do it this year? What else we have going on? Why does well do a tea party? So we did that, and as I started thinking about the tea party and planning for it, I realized I don't remember how to do one. I hadn't done one, something that was so familiar to me, and we had done so many times, I forgot how to do it. And as I'm looking on Pinterest, remembering, okay, what do you serve at a tea party? What course is first? What is, what is next? And as I did that, as I'm searching on Pinterest to remember how to do a tea party, something I thought I'd never forget, there were a couple verses that I remembered. And one of the verses was the verse in Corinthians that talks about communion. And it says, do this in remembrance of me. And another version, um, translation, it says, every time you do this, you're retelling the story. Wow. You're retelling what God did for you. 
And then I was also reminded of the verse in Deuteronomy that talks about how we love, we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love, serve Him wholeheartedly. And not only should we do that, but it says to repeat this again and again and again to our children. And this just last week, it was just reminded, you know, this is why we have Christmas every year, because we're reminded, we're remembering that Jesus came for us. This is why we have Easter every year, because we are reminded that he gave his life for us. And so it just was a whole new thing to me, why we repeat things, why we do things over, so that generation after generation will remember the That's goodness That's why the scripture is always saying, don't forget, don't forget, yes. remember, remember, remember. Uh, the book of Joshua says, day and night, meditate on the things of God, or you will forget. That's right. And so, thank you, Michelle. I know you loved your mom, but not as much as I love you. <laughs> Good job. Y'all give her a hand. That's as good as it gets right there. I love this track thing. I'm bringing it home with me. I can tell you that. I also was thinking about Joshua. Joshua, uh, the Israelites, they finally made it into the promised land. And when they got there, he said, let's not forget. Take 12 stones. Let's build something that we can remember, a memorial Let's remember, if we forget, we're, we're, we're in trouble. Let's remember. The scripture is always asking for us to remember. So what I wanna do is speak to you on how you can change the environment of your home, the spirituality in your home, your relationship with the Lord in your home. And I know your home is not perfect. And uh, raise your hand right there in your living room if you have problems in your home. We do as well. And in fact, to make you feel better, you can see that Jesus, as amazing as he was, there was problems in his home as well. The scripture says in Mark chapter 3 and verse 20, then Jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. That's always bad. If you're not even able to eat, that's too many people in a room. And it says when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. For they said, he is out of his mind. Now you would think with God being in your home, Jesus being in your home, that everything would work out just great. But there was tension there. So if you are having tension in your home, everybody's locked in. Look at this verse in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, but encourage each other every day while it's still today. Help each other so that none of you will become hardened because sin has tricked you. Man, I learned a lot of this from watching my mom. My mom was a godly woman and man, she's always put the Lord first. I can't imagine the heartache that she went through trying to raise my brother, Randy. Woo. I mean, I don't, I don't understand how she even did it. But I do know in our home and in your home, there needs to be more encouragement and there needs to be more of a practice like like, Lord, move on in. But how do we do that? I thought about that a lot this week. And I want to give you some, some ideas on how to bring this practice, on how to remember who he is, into your home. First thing, allow Christ to dwell in your hearts every day, like being steady. 
when my kids were little and they were growing up, uh, we tried to do devotions with them every morning. And I just want to be honest with you, it wasn't the easiest thing to do. You might think being in ministry, you know, it's pretty easy for me to do devotions, but a lot of times my kids didn't really want to do it. And, uh, but I had this fear, and I think it's a godly fear, that they would raise up someday and not know the Lord the way that Michelle does or the way that I would want to know the Lord. And so we just stayed steady. Uh, many times I could tell they were not really even paying attention. And so I would try to come up with analogies to get them to pay attention. Well, now that times have elapsed and I can look back, I can see that they now regard the Word of God as very important. It didn't look like it then, but because we stayed steady, you can see that now it matters a lot. So I was thinking about how do you keep the Lord dwelling in your house? In Ephesians chapter three, this is powerful scripture. It says, it's sort of like a prayer from Paul. And it says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. When I think about bowing my knees, I don't really pray a lot like that. My dad says the older he gets, when he gets down on his knees, he always looks for other stuff to do while he's down there because it's hard to get up. Once you get over 50, the best thing you can do with somebody on their knees is help them get up because it's hard. But I do know that you've got to find a position to pray, whether it's on your knees or some other way. It could be walking around your home. It, it could be sitting in a chair. But bowing your knees, your heart to the Lord, uh, this is a great way for you to remember the, the, the presence of God. And it says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and in earth is named. And then he builds a big picture. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. There it is. Through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people. That's talking about the church. Don't forget about the church. We have a role. And if you do dwell this way with God and have a heart after him, look at this. You will be able to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. And then it talks about vision. And it says, and now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Here's a question. When is the last time you prayed like that? Like when is the last time you got on your knees and you said, Lord, I want, I want to dwell with you. I want you dwelling here. I want you with me. So I was thinking about this as I was talking to our pastors this week. I was telling them that I would prefer you being a pastor who is on your knees, calling out to God, praying for members of your family and for members in the church. I would prefer you doing that every day than being a great preacher. And then it got me thinking, what if every husband out there, some of you are married, men, you're married. What if every husband would get on their knees before the Lord and, and just pray for their spouse? 
Lord, I pray that you'll be with my wife. Lord, I pray that she'll always know how deep your love is, how wide and how high. Lord, just encourage her to dwell with you forever. What if a wife did that for her husband? What if parents did that for their teenagers, even a single mom or a single dad? What if teenagers were praying for their parents every day? Lord, I pray that my mom and dad will love you with all of their heart, all the days of their life. When you put these things into practice, it changes the way that you live forever. And I think the most important part of this, it says so you can know his glorious riches. When you're around him, it's like everything else pales in comparison to him. But if you're not around him, you forget how big he is. You forget how important he is. But I believe that God is trying to use people who are just normal and ordinary, but they put the things of God, the word of God, the presence of God in the practice in their home, and it changes everything. Look at the scripture in the book of Acts chapter four and verse 13. It says, for Peter and John, it just describes to them. It says, Peter and John, they were ordinary, just like everybody else. But they were amazed at the confidence and the power that they walked in because it was obvious to all that they had been with Jesus. In another place in the book of Acts, Paul said to a group of people, he said, what I've noticed is that you're worshiping a God that is unknown. And if you just listen to me, the God that you're worshiping that is unknown, I'm gonna make him known to you. And you just wait until you get to worship that way. So the first thing is let's hold the presence of God in the center of our home. To remind you of this, I have a friend, his name is Ben. I talk about Ben a lot. And uh, Ben has a heart after God. He's like led by the Holy Spirit in a way that I want to. And um, there was a time that he wrote a song. It wasn't too terribly long ago. And, uh, and this is what he said about the song. The song is called The Whole World in His Hands. And it says this, he wrote this. My daily devotional topic a few years ago was about how God holds the whole world in his hands. And it reminded me of a song we used to sing in children's church growing up. I had a new melody come to mind with a lyric and started writing a new course around it. I didn't have much of the song finished when I read on Facebook that a young man had tragically died who was close to a family that I loved dearly from our church. I felt the Holy Spirit say, write this song to comfort them. I finished the song that day and sent a voice memo recording to them. I had no idea how perfect the timing was because they were headed to the funeral home for visitation in that moment. They all listened to the song and were moved to tears by the Spirit's comfort in that song. I was honored to play it at the young man's funeral. And I pray that it encourages all of us at NLC who put our hope in Jesus because he truly has the world in his hands. I ask Ben to lead us in that song right now. Let's do it together. When sadness comes to steal the joy of my salvation 
the circumstance seems bigger than the God I'm praising. With thankfulness, I enter in your holy presence and receive the rest you promised when you left your spirit. You've got the whole world in your head. your perfect plan even when things don't make sense Jesus let your peace that passes understanding guard my heart again you've got the whole world in your hand and I'm no exception drink of sorrow deeper than the deepest ocean oh i do not grieve as those who have no hope of heaven Cause i remember how your brow sweat blood there in the garden when you drank my cup of suffering Want my pardon? You got the whole world in your hands. I'm confident of this. But trust your perfect plan, even when things don't make sense. Jesus, let your peace that passes understanding guide my heart. Thank you, Ben, for writing that song. Your heart, the way you love God, it's amazing. And I love the lyrics. He's got the whole world in his hands. That means I'm in on that. 
that means you guys are in on that. Let's not forget that. Let's remember that. Put that into practice. If Amir was here, he'd Amen. say, Amen. Thank you, Amir. You're always on time. Perfect. Maybe a little early, but still good. I do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I probably have to shoot that again, right? <laughs> Back to the Word of God. Point number two. Be humble and admit your faults. Be humble and admit your faults. Like during this season, we're together a lot. I think it's a good time to admit where you're weak. I don't necessarily do this well. It's hard for me sometimes to look at someone and to say, I'm sorry. Uh, I've learned through the years that that doesn't fly well. It doesn't work. I remember in the early stages of my marriage with Michelle, uh, I was rude to her that day or whatever it might be. And she would be right next to me because the Bible says don't go to bed with anger in your heart. She would be right next to me, her hand just right next to my hand. And I couldn't even reach over and tell her I was sorry. It was like her hand was a million miles away, but it wasn't. So there was something wrong with my heart. Like the way that you settle a relationship with God is by admitting not excuses. The way you settle relationships in your home is admitting when you blow it. People are drawn to that. I was thinking about this a lot because there's a parable uh, called the parable of the banquet. And the Lord is trying to say in this parable to invite people to be close to me. Let's go get them. Go out and gather them up. Come on, let's go. We got a banquet. I want you with me. So they went out and told a bunch of people. But every day they would come back and they would say, well, they're not going to come. And then the Lord would say, why? Or this parable would emphasize that. Why not? Why are they not coming? And then they would say, because they have a lot going on, a lot of excuses. And the scripture even uses that word excuses. Let me tell you the real problem with excuses is that it's not being authentic. Look, look at this verse in James chapter 5 and verse 16. Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. If parents don't admit that they have sinned, then the kids won't either. And the other way around as well. And even in 1 John 1, 9, it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Uh, not if we have excuses. I love this verse, but it emphasizes confess. That's not an excuse. That's looking right at the problem and admitting it. Can I get real with you for a second? I mean, really real? Some of you are missing this completely in the way you raise your children. I just want to help you. Like you give them so many excuses. So they're growing up and you give excuses. Well, they're tired or they're hungry. And when they get to be four and five and six years old, and then you do it upwards to teenage years. But if they're four, five and six and you're saying, well, they're just tired or they're just hungry. That's why they're acting this way. That's why they're acting out. The kids hear that. And you're training them. If you have an excuse, you can do it anyway. 
And this is what the scripture is saying. Please know the Bible always likes for truth to be on the table. This is the way he set up the early church for us to seek God with a sincere heart, reaching out to him. In the book of John, chapter 16, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Like when the Holy Spirit is around, he's bringing truth to the table. He's not looking for excuses. He wants to heal, but he doesn't heal excuses. He heals when our heart admits it. This next idea, huge point, be fully aware of all the needs that are in your home. Be fully aware, like pay attention to the needs that are in your home. Put this into practice. My golf coach, when I was growing up, uh, he would say to me regularly that the only thing that relieves pressure is practice. To put things into practice. You do it every day, and when the big game comes, the big day comes around, you'll be ready because you're practicing it every day. I just want to encourage you to be fully aware, like pay attention, be intuitive with the Holy Spirit on what is happening around the room, the people that you live with, your friends. The reason why I think this is important is because sometimes people are doing well and sometimes people are hurting. The Bible says, laugh with your happy friends when they're happy, but share tears with them when they're down. Why am I talking about this? Because if we're going to have strong relationships with the Lord, we're going to have to pay attention. So instead of just trying to read the circumstances, to read the room, to read the heart of people that you live with, why not ask? Michelle and I for years have done what we call high and lows. A lot of people do that through the years. We've encouraged many to do it. And it's basically where we sit down to have dinner. We used to call Monday nights or family nights. And now my kids have moved away and we still do family nights and we still do high and lows. It's this simple. Let's go around the room and talk about what's your high right now and what is your low right now. Like, what are you encouraged by and what are you discouraged by? And then we give God the credit for what is good. And then we might pray for what is not so good, the high and lows. I had a businessman told me years ago, uh, I could tell that he and I were wired similarly. So I asked him, I said, do you have any advice for me? And he said, yeah, I do. You need to listen to what I'm about to tell you. And I was all ears. He said, listen, you need to know about the heat map, H-E-A-T map. And I said, what is it? He said, look, everybody has something that is really uh, boiling hot, like it's a problem, like acid in your life, like it's something that's so concerning that it's all you think about. And he said, so a few times a week, I suggest you write down all the things that you're believing for, concerned about, might be problems with marriage, it could be something at work, it could be some employee that's not doing so well, it could be your health, it could be a dream, whatever it is, you write it down and pray over those things. And the one that's heated up, the one that is hot, the one that has the most heat on it as you're praying, that's the one you have to cool down. And he said, that's the one you call your friends to pray about. That's the one who you seek godly counsel uh, with to try to cool it down because you can't let it stay hot. 
This is why I love the Lord, because if you bring real problems to him, he will help you cool it down. But sometimes we have to bring it to other people. Some of you, you're going through a difficult season right now, and it, it might even be interrupting your health. Maybe it's like a fire in your gut. Something that is concerning you with your health or your job or it could be a plethora of different problems that are coming your way. I would encourage you to bring that to the Lord, but also pay attention to what the heat is in your home. That's what a home can be. We can be a home where cooling down the problems in one another's lives versus creating the problems in one another's life. The last idea, I think this could help you at home right now, is to make a decision, like make the decision that you're gonna be life-giving with your words. There's a slogan that we have said for years, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is not true. That's not what the Bible says. I'll never forget years ago, uh, I was leaving church and, and uh, I was at this intersection with a vehicle on my right and my left. Two minivans. And you could tell that these people had been to church. I don't know if it was New Life Church or some other church. But I learned a lot at that traffic light. I looked to my right in this one family. You could see that there was much tension in that minivan. Why? Because of the words. I couldn't hear them, but I could see that they were yelling at each other and they were saying extremely hurtful things. You could just tell by the countenance, even though I could not hear the words, I could see the words. And then I looked to my left and I saw another family in a minivan and they were all laughing. They were a team. They were encouraging one another. It was like, man, I wish I was in that van with them. And my heart just went out for this other family. I remember thinking, if they would adjust the words that they share with one another, it would change their family. How do I know that? In Matthew chapter 12, verse 37, it says, but for by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. Proverbs says it this way, you will have to live with the consequences of everything you say and what you say can preserve life or destroy life. And then in the book of James, chapter three and verse nine, it says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. And then the last verse around this in Hebrews three thirteen, but encourage each other every day while it's still today. Like you still have a chance. It's still today right now. Change it. Encourage one another. Help each other so that none of you will become hardened because sin has tricked you. That's the same verse that I read to you earlier. To encourage one another. One place it says to encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. 
I think many of you would say, wow, this could be the, the last days, maybe 10 years from now, 15 years from now. We don't know when the Lord's going to come back. But it says, all the more, be an encourager, all the more. Many years ago, when I was in Bible school, I didn't really want to be a pastor at first. Uh, it was extremely intimidating to me, and I didn't know how to do it. And then one day, it's like the Lord spoke to me. I don't get that much. I hardly ever hear just like a word from God like this. It wasn't an audible word, but it was so clear I wrote it down. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, Rick, I want you to encourage people. That's what I want you to do. And, uh, and I remember thinking, wow, I, I could probably do that. I'm not here to say that I always do. I could be extremely blunt and I've hurt people with my words before. But generally speaking, I love to encourage people in who they are in God. That has to happen with your words. With your words, you can destroy, and with your words, you can build people up. So I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why do you want me to encourage people? And he spoke to me again. This was months later. And he said, because my people have been so hurt. And I thought, my goodness, maybe... I will get off track here and there in my life, but this is the one place where I want to remain. It has to start in my home. I can't have a home where I'm just hurting everybody around my house. I've done that before. But I think our home generally aims at being life-giving to encourage one another. To close out, I was reading about uh, former President Bush uh, who died a few years ago, he and his wife. But they asked him in an interview one time, what is his greatest accomplishment that he's ever had? Just trying to give you vision. This man could have said a lot of different things. He could have said, well, I lived through World War II. I was shot down in a plane, but he didn't say that. He could have said when, it was, when I was a leader of the CIA, but he didn't say that. When they asked, what is his greatest accomplishment? He could have said, it's when I was an ambassador to China. But he didn't say that. He could have said, it was when I was president or vice president for eight years under President Ronald Reagan. But he didn't say that. He could have said, it was when I was president for four years. But he didn't say that either. He said, my greatest accomplishment in my life is that my kids still love to come home and visit me. And that hit me that this has to be a man who brings encouraging words to the people around him. And ladies, you need to do it as well. And young people, watch your words. Be life-giving with your words. If we put these things into practice, we can grow and never be the same. We can change the world that we live in. This is attractive Christianity. Like people want to be around believers who have a light like this. So I know we're in lockdown. But if we learn these lessons and put this into practice, I think one day we'll look back at this season and be glad that we did it. Glad that we learned it even though some of us are facing extreme pain. There was a lady that I love a lot, Michelle and I prayed for her, and they went through a very difficult thing today. 
Michelle went to visit with them. The pain in that family, I'm thinking about them. But I'm gonna tell you how we're gonna remember these days. Is that we connected with God and we were never the same. And as your pastor, I think this is the perfect time to get this right. Thus saith the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we came here to worship you and we've done some of that. We also came to learn your word and we've been able to look right at your word. But Lord, we also came for you to change our lives. And Lord, we just take our hearts out right now and, and just put it right at the altar of your name. People who are listening, Lord, who are not serving you, they know who they are. In fact, if you're listening right now, just to be honest with you, if you were to die today, are you ready to meet the Lord? Like, Because the scripture says that in your heart that you will know that it bears witness with the Father. Like you just know you're right with God. Have you ever given your heart to him? Have you ever been what the scripture says about being born again? Jesus told Nicodemus that in the middle of the night. Have you ever committed your life to him? The Bible says when that happens that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and all of heaven rejoices. It's an incredible moment when he forgives you. Some of you, you're no longer walking with the Lord and you may miss being in a relationship with him. And you can rededicate your life to the Lord. Either way, I wanna lead you in a prayer. Everyone just say this out loud, if you don't mind, right there in your home or wherever you may be, just say this out loud. Say, Lord God, repeat after me. Lord God, I love you. And I'm sorry for my sin. I need you in my life right now. So I apologize for my life away from you. I repent for my sin. And I invite you to live in my heart. Would you take out my old heart and give me a new heart? Because I want to serve you. I'm a sinner. And I know it grieves you. But by faith, I accept your forgiveness. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior and my Redeemer all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a song that we love to sing around New Life Church. You might remember it well. It's called Blessed Assurance. Let's worship God with all of our heart right now.
Blessed assurance, 
That's probably one of my favorite worship songs that we do. I love when we do a hymn. And I remember studying hymnology in Bible school, which is not that much fun. But when we sing that, it makes it good to me. I just love our worship team and their passion for God. I thought it'd be a good idea to let you know how faithful the people have been of New Life Church, helping us serve other people. And, and in fact, over the 19 years, I've never seen the people give and serve the way that they are during this season. I don't know all the reasons why, but I think it has a lot to do with your hunger for God. So there's a lot of different ways that people give, some text to give, some give online. Other people may mail in their check. Uh, you're welcome to look at the address for your local campus and see uh, how you can do that. But I just want to say thank you for loving the Lord and being faithful in the way that you give. And uh, while we think about that, I want to show you something that we've been doing in the city of Conway. We have 18 campuses all over the state. Many of them are doing things like this. But let's check out what's going on in Conway this week. Hey church, we want to tell you about some cool opportunities we've gotten to do in the community in terms of outreach during this really uncertain time. You know, last year we started a partnership with CityServe. If you're wondering what CityServe is, it's a nonprofit based out of Little Rock that their vision and mission is simply to resource and supply the local church with goods and supplies that they are blessed with from, from people all across the country. And so some of the people we've gotten to bless in our community is definitely our church members, some local businesses, but also many people who are unchurched. They don't have a church home or maybe they don't know the Lord. We've gotten to go to their home, pray with them and give them supplies. It's been really special. I want to give you some uh, specific examples of what we're doing across the state at different campuses. Some of our churches have partnered together to feed the people at the ERs at different hospitals. Mm -hmm. Other campuses have gotten together to do park and pray where you go to a hospital and you pray from the parking lot. We've also been able to give out uh, supplies to a local senior adult center. And we need to remember Jesus' words in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. And we can still be the hands and feet of Jesus right. in the midst of these uncertain times. Yes, church. So thank you for being the church, the local church to our cities all across the state. Thank you for giving. Thank you for serving. And of course, thank you for praying. I, I believe we're making a tangible difference in the state of Arkansas. Okay, New Life Church, it's great to be with you. We've had church. We're not in a building, but we're having church. We have worshiped together. We have prayed together. We've studied his word. And every weekend I've been praying right now, a prayer of blessing over all of you. It's inspired by Psalms chapter 91. And what we've decided to do is to bring it to your family for you to do it in your home right now. In fact, if you're with your family, you can pray this over them. If you're alone, you can pray this. If you're with your friends, please, let's participate in this. This is when I would normally pray the prayer of blessing over you, but now I'm asking you to do it together right there in your home. God bless you, and if you're a part of a campus, go to that campus right now with social media, and you're gonna find out that the pastors are doing extremely well of teaching the word and inspiring and keeping us a family. That's the way God would want it to be. God bless every one of you, and we'll see you soon.